Hi, friends, and welcome back to the Values and Vino podcast. If your city's mayor doesn't wear Air Maxes, Dodgers jerseys, and cuffed pants to city council meetings, then you live in the wrong city. On this episode, I get to chat with my friend and former mayor of Covina, Victor Linares, about how he built a cult following for his craft beer brand, Aero Lodge, and has had a successful first term serving the city he loves. Will he be running for a second term this year? I don't know. You'll have to tune in to find out. If you like this episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. This is the Values in Vino podcast where we believe that shared values bring people together and values misalignment can keep people apart from one another, including themselves. So we'll be here discussing what values are, how people can discover their values, and how we all can live within those values personally and professionally. Did I mention there may be some wine drinking? If you love values or wine as much as we do, don't forget to subscribe or leave us a review. Without further ado, enjoy this episode of the Values and Vino podcast. Hey, Vic, welcome to the podcast. Hello, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. I'm so glad uh, we were able to do this. We've had to reschedule it maybe one time because somebody was sick last yes. week. Yeah. You still got a little bit of that sound in your voice, but, you know, it sounds like Phoebe when she forces herself to get sick on Friends. Yeah, that's like <laughs> my whole life, though, my deviated septum and all that fun stuff. So, Cool. Well, I mean, I know you're busy. You're like city council, dad, business owner, husband, and all that good stuff. And um, in case our listeners don't know how we met... We met because you um, are a partner in a in a brewery that used to be like five minutes from my house. Yes, Arrow Lodge Brewing. Yes, um, which frequent. has I did. Yes. Well, I mean, honestly, a um, you have good beer, and I only need two to get a head change. Yeah. Um, and B, you always played all the good sports on your TV. Yes, and we have a friendly staff. Yes, and I could walk home at the time yeah. at least. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I haven't seen you there in a long time now. I know, well now I'm like 40 minutes away, yeah. so gotcha. sad times, but I'll be back, I'm sure. I sometimes make an appearance. Anyway, before we jump into everything that is Victor Linares, um, I just want to share the wine that we're drinking on this episode, which is a 2018 Cab Sauv from the Hess Collection. So let's check this out. All right, we gotta we have to do our our cheers. Ready? Yes. One, two, three. Cheers. Ding. <laughs> what do you think? I've actually never tried this um, brand before. It's okay if it sucks. You can. No, it. no, it doesn't suck. No, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's a cab, so it's it's a big bold wine to just start the morning off. But, but <laughs> it's, it's good though. It's pretty fruit forward. I think it's got like a little jamminess to it, which I like. So. It's like on the sweeter side of the cabs, but I think that's pretty good. I like it. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't. I would say I've had have had a lot of great guests, but I, your your palate is probably a little more sophisticated just because of you know what you do with brewing and everything like that. So. Yeah, sometimes I think yeah. I think I think uh, <clears throat> I've learned a lot from our my brewer Amy Heller. She's helped my palate get become better along the years. But yeah, I think uh, yeah, we definitely are always trying stuff, and yeah, I, I would agree with that. Awesome. And for me, like all the beer tastes the same. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean you probably could. I taste- mean, like all the IPA, like all the do- like double hazy IPAs taste the same to me. Yeah. If I've like lined you up with a few, you probably could pick one that you liked more than the other though. There'd be some type of characteristic on one you would like. The first, I, I, the one that, that made me become a fan was the Ghost Haze Yeah, Ghost Killa. Haze Killer, yeah. And we just dropped yeah. that one too, like maybe a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, that one was the one that like got me in. Yeah. And then I kept buying it after yeah, that. Yeah, that's a pretty sought after beer, yeah. Yeah, very good. It's good. Ju- juicy. So anyway, you... You have this brewery and you are on Covina's city council. And I just, you know, um, I would say not all council members that I'm familiar with have like style or your kind of attitude. And so I'm curious, like why, what made you want to run for city council, which isn't like the most sexiest or appealing job in the world? No, I mean, it's definitely it's like a passion project, you know, type thing, or, you know, it's not, it's not for the money. We have a, we get a small stipend. Um, and if I break down my hourly work weekly, I get less than minimum wage. So if anything, it probably hinders or hurts my career um, just because of all the time I have to put into it. But it's, I, I kind of knew that going into it. And, um, you know, really it's, there's no really, there's not like a glorious story to tell with it. It's not like I had aspirations of getting into politics. Um, but really what happened was I just became a business owner in town. Um, I used to own a restaurant in downtown Covina, Bread and Barley. And when we opened the business, um, I was brand new to me, that process of opening a business in a town. And it was extremely difficult at that time. And I just didn't, it didn't feel right to me. Like that's how hard it should be to open up a business, um, you know, for anybody. So after going through the process, it's kind of stuck with me that it was very difficult. Um, so we, we had the business going, I got very involved in the community. We did things with the police department, the chamber. I started to see that Covina was really tight knit, um, community, uh, you know, come, you know, five years later, we opened up Arrow Lodge Brewing and again, the process is getting kind of tricky here to open up a business again. Um, I had hoped it would be a little bit easier, a little bit better. We had already shown good faith in the city. We've been operating in town for a while and yet again, it just, time and money um, and really time because you know you built businesses and you understand that every day you're not open it's costing you money so the process got really tricky and tough again um, so I started complaining at home and my, at that time my wife Sylvia and my really good friend Andy said you know who's my partner with Arrow Lodge said well you know there's an election coming up and why don't you run for city council and, and change the process and you know, that's really stuck with me. It's, what do you mean change the process? How would I have the power to do something like that? Um, and that's something I never thought about doing, but, you know, ignorance is bliss. So I said, okay, I'll do it because I think I can do anything. So, you know, Andy said, if you run, I'll, I'll door knock. I'll go out with you and drive you around every day to go door knock. Um, and I did. I got my list and I got my spiel and my pitch and 
I door knocked every day for two hours, three hours. I was door knocking in the evening during the week, like five to eight. And I was just door knocking and talking to people and kind of finding out what their issues were with the city and um, kind of telling them about what I wanted to see. Uh, you know, really I ran on the platform of being more business friendly and bringing more development um, to town. I kind of felt like I graduated in 98 from South Hills in West Covina, <clears throat> but I grew up in this area and I had already been living in Covina um, for, for some, quite some time now. It's like, I almost felt like my generation and the people that I graduated from school with, you know, a little bit older, a little bit younger, I almost felt like it was our time to take our, you know, seat at the table. Um, and, you know, I travel a lot for drinking and eating and food and, you know, I get to see all these really cool cities around the United States that do really cool things and have really cool concepts and, you know, great restaurants. And I started asking myself, you know, why can't Covina become that? Um, I always would catch myself, you know, going to downtown LA or, you know, Pasadena or, you know, the West side and trying to go to these really cool places. And I, I thought to myself, why can't our city do that? Um, and I just thought it was a little bit of, you know, the old guard, you know, a lot of uh, hair salons and antique stores and the kind of things that our generation was not going to want to, you know, move to our city for and hang out in our city and stay, you know, what do they say, eat, play, and, you know, you know, shop in Covina. So, you know, that's the platform I kind of ran on. Um, and, you know, lo and behold, I ran, 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 and here comes the election, and I get on the city council, and now it's like, you know, kind of, you know, kind of new thing. I got to really learn. There's a lot to learn. Um, but really what I stood true on and just try to compartmentalize was what I was really there to do. Um, and I, of course I was going to become knowledgeable in a lot of other things like our public works and our streets, um, and some of our old code, you know, a lot of the old zoning that made it hard to open businesses. Um, so we just, you know, I just started kind of doing things the only way I knew how to do them, which is kind of like Tasmanian devil style, um, just came in and I, I figured I have five years to make a change and make a difference. Um, and my five years is actually coming up in June. I'm going to rerun for my second term for another four years. But I knew there wasn't. You're I giving it all away. That oh, okay, was supposed wait, to be okay. for the end. Oh, okay, I'll okay. wait, I'll wait. But yeah, so, that, so that, that's why I decided to run was really just to, you know, make a change. And I didn't, the coolest thing I could say is, and I would encourage anyone to try to do this. I really would, is, you know, just the, the, the local politics is such a different game. And I don't want to answer too many questions, but yeah, but um it's, it's been great and fulfilling and it, there's a lot, there's just, there's just a lot more I was able to do than I thought I could do. Yeah. And that makes sense because, you know, our, I mean, aside from being a patron in your business, um, I think that's really what took our professional relationship and then inevitably a friendship to the next level was I was feeling the same way about Covina where, um, I had been thinking like, okay, I'm going to have to open an office like somewhere way cooler. Um, and I, I was reading a magazine or something and it had like the 50, the 50, um, I think it was like the 50 most or rising cities or something like that. And I saw Bakersfield on, on there. And I think I reached out to you and I was like, how's Bakersfield on yeah. this list? And Covina isn't. And there's just so much potential in Covina. You have like the downtown area, you have the theater and you're, it's like centralized to so many universities yeah. and colleges nearby. And I was talking to you like these, the talent that we are generating here ends up leaving. Of course. And how do we get talent and innovation to stay 
in the community um and that's really where what sparked all of these conversations between you and i and so i definitely know where that's coming from what um like what would you say was something being a part of city council that like that you thought it was and it wasn't and then vice versa you thought it wasn't and it was like just a couple of things that really surprised you um i think just the speed of what like uh you know as being a business owner if you want to get something done you can go into work today and get it done you know you can get the wheels moving Mm -hmm. and you can move things but with city you learn um you know it's kind of like watching the grass grow sometimes and you're just you know even though we're pushing hard sometimes we're waiting on a lot of different you know people to make moves and you're just sitting, you know, you're it just, I think that surprised me was, Hey, we want to get this done. Okay. Well, you know, we got to wait for like X, Y, and Z to do their part. And we're sitting there waiting, or we got to wait for the County. Or we got to wait for the state. Um, I think that was a big surprise to me. Another surprise to me was how money gets spent in California. You know, they'll give you money and you'll get, you'll get some money from the state and <clears throat> they'll say, you know, with this, you can, you could put roses on all your medians and, you know, all your streets and, you know, and then if we say, hey, yeah, we could really use some money for some parks, you know, we could really replace some slides and we could use some of that money for that. It's like, well, no, no, you can only put roses on the mediums with that money. So it's like mm-hmm. the money's very like specific to what you can do with it. Um, and then you, you do weird things like you can sell another city some money at a, at a cheaper rate and then they'll give you some of the other money that you need to use for what you want to do with it. Um, it's like so bartering. For, yeah, it's like for bartering. Items. Yeah. yeah, that and water. <laughs> the water world was was really crazy to me. Like, you know, water is the single most. Uh, you know, that's our that's that's the most precious thing, most valuable thing that we own as a city. Uh, Covina with Covina Irrigating Company, um, and I call it the water mafia. Like, it's just the water world is is very was very interesting to me. So those were things that I was not expecting to kind of run into. Um, and the other things, cool things though, that did surprise me was, you know, when someone comes in and. You know, we've had people come in and say, hey, like, I've, I've had people call me and say, hey, this light on my street hasn't worked for 10 years, and I would just love for someone to get this light fixed. Um, mm-hmm. And then I can call my representative Edison, and then they go out and fix it, like, in a day. And it's like, those people are, like, you just did the craziest thing for them, and you're like, they're so excited that you fixed that light. Um, or, you know, a pothole on a street. You know, little things, you know, the, they have a tree that broke up the, the the con, you know, their, their, their sidewalk, you know, and I get public works out there the next day and we fix it, um, you know, getting graffiti removed. It was pretty cool just to see how quickly we can make those things happen for people and how happy they were. I mean, it's really the little things that make people really, really happy. Um, or just a business owner calling me and saying, Hey, you know, we're going through the process. We have plans submitted into, you know, to planning and, you know, could you talk to the planning commission for me? Can you, you know, bump someone in city hall, and then, you know, they get a phone call and, you know, get the red carpet treatment. So those are the kind of local control things I thought to myself, wow, this is, this is pretty neat. Like I could help people pretty quickly here. Yeah. Can you help like get this like lawyer out of business that's in Covina? She's pretty terrible. <laughs> I know. I think you told me about this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And another friend actually, same, same situation, like court appointed minors counsel. She's just terrible. We could talk about that offline. Yeah, yeah. We deal with ambulance <laughs> chasing attorneys all the time, too. We're dealing with Ron right now. We're being forced to redistrict Covina, which we've, we have one of the most diverse councils you'll ever see. Um, mm-hmm. But we have this uh, attorney from up north by Oakland, um, lives in a city where every council member is white, and they're, mm-hmm. not, they're, not, they're not district. But he's coming down here to Covina, um, and just right off the bat, we're going to spend like $30,000 we have to give him off the bat. And if we fight him and challenge him, a lot of cities have and have lost millions of dollars. So now we're in a situation Gosh. where, 
you got to choose the lesser of two evils. You know, do we want to fight this and lose two million bucks, or do we want to, you know, go districts and then we can use that money for other things like new projects coming up? So you always get yeah. put in weird predicaments like that. Yeah, totally. And you know, you're not obviously you were an established brand before you became a council member. You know, you had a hip new restaurant in in downtown. You have this um, brewery that. I would say their brand grew exponentially. You have a very contrarian style in terms of uh, typical people that you see in city council. Um, what were some of the challenges you faced going into politics with this type of brand? You know, just so our listeners understand, you're wearing like a very cololorful shirt. And it's like unbuttoned a couple and you could see your tattoos. Yeah. And I think I think I went to like a city council meeting with you and. And the person I was bringing was like, what should I wear? And I'm like, dude, trust me. You don't have to get dressed up once you see who yeah. the mayor is. I think yeah. you're wearing like a Dodger shirt and some Air Maxes. Yeah. What were some of the challenges you had to face? And were there ever any moments you had to like second guess yourself or, you know, and you let others' opinions deter you from being who you really were? Yeah, I think like, um, you know, my council meetings, obviously, I, I love to get dressed up, you know, so I, <clears throat> I love a nice suit, and you know, I love to get suited and booted. But yeah, I think city events, you know, I don't, I get a little dressed up and not all the time, because I think people in town, you know, when I door knocked all these doors and talked to people and the people that I had somewhat of people knew me in town, um, you know, they knew me as Victor, the owner of, you know, at that time, bread and barley, you know, now just Arrow Lodge, but you know, they, they knew who I was, they knew I you know, like to wear the, you know, John Travolta down, button down on my belly button shirts and my tight pants, as you like to say. So, I mean, they, I think, <laughs> I think, I think they knew that I was like, they knew who I was. Um, that's the person they came to like, like, and trust. So I think I didn't want to change that. I wanted people to, I wanted to come across to, to the, the person that they voted for. Um, but I think when you initially get into this office, we go to a lot of things. Um, I go to Sacramento, I go to do different, you know, I go to different conferences with a lot of different mayors. Um, I think the funniest one was when I first got into um, the city council, we go to an ethics training. Um, so I went to this ethics training in Monterey Park, and there was like, I think, 10 new electeds there. Um, and a lot of them were, most of them were reelected. And mm -hmm. they were just staring. Like, I could tell people were staring at me because I didn't, you know, I came looking like Victor. So I was getting these weird looks. Um, and then I started going to city things, and I started going to, you know, uh, state things. And um, I later learned I was called the tattooed council member. Like, oh, that's the hey, tattooed that's council. Hey, that's not terrible. Member. No, no, I, I thought it was fun. And uh, one yeah. of the best ones was we had this thing like in a, uh, like by the pool one time, and it was hot. So I had like these little Clark Gable board shorts on, and you know it was just all all me out there by the pool. And I think that was really like a trip to people because, you know, just the older guard. You know, it's like they don't. That's not what they expect. But you know, I think. I think the way I dress and the way I am, it's not as taboo as it used to be, but I know the minute that I can get someone's ear. Um, and that's what I did. I just forced myself on people. Like you're going to talk to me mm -hmm. and get to know me. Um, and once they knew that, you know, I wasn't <clears throat> that shit crazy and that I knew what I was talking about and I was doing this for the right reasons, you know, then I started changing people's mind, which that ended up becoming kind of like one of my, like not obsessions, but just, I wanted, I have a lot of people have come up to me younger, um, and, and, and say, I never thought I could do that, you know, run for lo local politics, but I want to do it. And now seeing you doing it, it gives me kind of that, that, you know, impression that it, I can do it, you know? So that's really what I like now is just kind of get the younger people that, you know, don't understand, you don't have to fit this certain mold. 
you know, if, if anything, you know, it's, it's better not to because a city council should be diverse. You know, you got five people, mm -hmm. up, five people up there. Um, and, you know, I think even for us, like on our council in Covina, we really get along and respect each other. I think we really see each other as a family, the city council. We're, we got a great council, but I think everybody appreciates and respects the different style that we all bring to the table. Um, and everybody kind of stays in their lane. You know, it's like, hey, we'll let Victor handle these kind of things. You know, we got Walt Allen who, you know, run, he's be a state police officer, runs the Rio Honda Police Academy. You know, he's going to run certain things. We got Patricia Cortez. Um, you know, who works for Upper San Gabriel Valley Water District. She's going to handle a lot of our water stuff, you know. So it's like, it's cool to have that diversity. So I think, I think you know, again, I think the world is, 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 become, is more and more ready for our generation to come in and really start making change. So I think, uh, I think more for me, because I don't care what people think, I just get more of a kick out of it. So I like mm -hmm. the guy that gives me a weird look, and then I walk up to him and, you know, kind of just, you know, kind of get, before you know it, you know, we're friends now. You and, disarm him. Yeah. Now, now we're cool. Yeah. And he wants, and you know, it's funny because everybody wants to come to the brewery. I mean, it's like, you know, you, you really, you can win anybody over with a, with a drink. It's like, you know, That's, yeah, you especially know, when it's free. Yeah. They, <laughs> yeah. They love that part. Yeah. So yeah. But I would say that's kind of the approach I've taken with it. Yeah, I mean, and I think it's smart, you know, whether it's intentional or not. Number one, you know, you, you're talking about the youth that that sees you and it's like that four minute mile principle where like everybody didn't believe you can run a mile in under four minutes until somebody did it yeah. and then they were breaking the record left and right. And so I think for you having your own style being Latino, you know, and them to be able to see that makes, it does give them hope that, well, somebody's done it. So I definitely can do it too. And I think it's smart that you um, have a different brand because, you know, I'll tell you a story. Like I've gone to so many network events and some of them are affluent or, you know, some of them are even sporty, like a Chargers training camp and everybody, you know, everybody there's wearing like suits and or like polos and stuff like that. And then there was there was a gentleman there who was just wearing, you know, black jeans and a black shirt and was on his own. And, um, I went and talked to him. Um, I have like a weird, when I see people alone in yeah. social gatherings, um, I, I usually try to reach out to them because I think it's, maybe it's uncomfortable for them and I just want them to be comfortable. So I go and I talk to him. Turns out this guy is the co-founder of the anti-social social club. Oh, wow. And so, and so all of these people, all of these people here who are trying to meet new people, they're investment bankers and they're, um, wealth planners, right? That is like your, that's who you want to talk to. Yep, yep. And they kind of, I don't want to say they judged him, but you know, they didn't think he was important. Yeah. Yeah. You know, based off of that. And so that always, it just like taught me a lesson you know, moving yeah. forward that you just, you don't know who anybody really is. And like you, you know, if you're standing out, I'm going to remember somebody like you over, you know, Mark, Peter and Paul who are wearing suits and stuff yeah. like that are all but buttoned up and don't really stand out, you know? Yeah. So I think it's smart whether it's intentional or not. Yeah. No, um, yeah. And I know some pretty successful people that, <clears throat> you know, my, my uncle, you know, he's wildly successful and he's, he wears shorts and, sandals and a t-shirt and that's how he goes and buys his Porsche and you know that's how he he always tells me people in suits come to see me like I don't go to see them so it's like you know he for him it's like he's always thought you know he always thought it was funny and I'm not this is a true story he went to the Porsche dealership on, on the bus 
the bus dropped him off right in front of it. He got off and bought a car. And it took him like 10 minutes. Yeah, because to get he didn't have anybody to drive the car. Yeah. <laughs> Another but just, car home. But it's just kind of funny. So, yeah, I, I think, yeah, you're right. You know, people, you know, just that. And I mean, you and I have a sim- similar personality, you know, outgoing, you know, want to talk to everybody. You know, we, you know, I think that's kind of, but that's how really cool things happen. I mean, you and I are kind of working on a project now um, that's mm-hmm. going to be a game changer, I think, for Covina, kind of legacy type thing for us. And that, you know, that really just came from meeting at a brewery and, you know, similar, you know, personalities. And you, you never know what could come out of that. And now we got some cool things cooking. Well, inconspicuous, right? Like, I think that's what draws people together is, um, say, you know, I would say I'm, I don't dress like I have a lot of money, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm focused on comfort. And, you know, and to be honest, I don't want people to like, no, I don't mm-hmm. want them to look at me and feel like they have me um, completely figured out. Yeah. You know, I like yeah. people to treat me how they tr- really treat people. And yeah. That kind of shows me their character. So, yep. you know, when I would come to Aero Lodge, I'm like in workout clothes, yeah. I'm in leggings and, and hoodies. And, yeah. you know, I probably look that. like I don't have a job. <laughs> so, but I got to know people for who they really were, including like your staff, right? They yeah. treated me you know, not because I can do something for them or whatever, but because I was a person. And I think, you know, that's what really, aside from, you know, the products that you all had, which goes into my next question, you know, at a time where craft beer um, was becoming a a bit congested, how did you all stand out or or did you have like a strategy or approach to how Aerolodge was going to stand out in this very congested market. Yeah, I think um, you're right. Like we came in, we didn't come in fully late to the party, but we definitely came, the party was busy when we got there. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think that, you know, l- luckily I was able to meet our brewer, Amy Heller. Um, and I, I knew she was going to make like a, like a premier product. You know, that was always the most important thing is like the juice has to be really good, you know, cause we got to be able to compete with anybody, you know, that we're compared to. So once I knew that the liquid and the beer was going to be top notch and that she was going to do a great job, I, I always told her, like, she, she reminded me of, like, Kobe Bryant in his first couple of years where he's, like, shooting air balls and, you know, Dale Harris is mm-hmm. the coach. And you're like, why did, you know, what, what was Jerry West thinking on this? And then, but, you know, really people that do basketball were saying, man, this kid's going to be amazing. Just, just let him develop. Um, and with Amy, I could see that. She was young. She was new. She was starting to brew. She was home brewing. She was winemaking. She used to make champagne and wine. And, she was very smart. So I knew that she was going to get the, get a, get the hang of this thing and really, you know, do really well with it. So, you know, once she started going and we knew that the product was going to be good, you know, the big thing that I knew was going to be marketing. Um, I always like, I read an article a long time ago about the gum wars, you know, talked about packaging with the gum business. I mean, gum is gum, mm-hmm. gum tastes, you know, spearmint, spearmint, you know, not very different, mm-hmm. you know, maybe different size or shape, but it's the same thing um, once you start chewing it. And, but you know, what the gum business learned is, packaging you know how do you get someone to come up to the you know target you know counter and you pick up you know pick a pack of gum up what's it's drawing you to it it's the packaging um and you know commercials marketing behind it so i knew with the beer game you know people were going to walk in to a liquor store and see 50 different beers um so we just became aggressive with our marketing we did stuff that was kind of edgy like clayton kerhop um which major league baseball tried suing us for um, you know, we did things like ghost taste killer and we did certain things that we knew could get us possibly in trouble, but mm-hmm. my process, my thoughts, I told, I would always tell Amy, like put a good product in the can and I'll make sure people choose it, like pick it out of a, a lineup of cans. 
Um, so we did, and it was it was really it was worth it because it was it was all of it was worth it because people did start to take notice. Um, you know, we're big Dodger fans, we're big sports fans at Arrow Lodge, and we knew our demographic. Demographic was the same. You know, I'm a 41 year old hip hop kid that loves sneakers and sports. So I wanted to do one what I was passionate about. So I wanted to, but I also thought it was pop kind of pop culture in a way where I was going to touch on people. You know, someone was going to say, "Hey, I remember that song," or "I remember," you know, that part of my life growing up or I just I'm a big Dodger fan so we do beers like belly bomb and you know we do a lot of hip-hop stuff so it's like people were going to be able to like remember those type things um and and then with that you know I just knew that getting like the right staff getting the right people in our tasting room um getting that right vibe in the tasting room people come in they don't feel like you know breweries if you even though it was busy if you look at breweries and I've been to a ton and my wife and I had traveled all over the United States going to different breweries you know cocktail bars breweries had a very similar vibe to them. They were all good or bad beer. They were very similar. And when you walked in, you know, you weren't, you weren't going to be too wowed by these tasting rooms. And, you know, if, when I did Aero Lodge, I wanted to just kind of change it up a little bit. You know, we have our Kobe mural in there. We have a Hulk Hogan mural. We have, you know, we have our different vibes going on in there. And again, I wanted people to be able to walk in, feel, feel that, you know, just kind of touch on those memories. Um, you know, when they were growing up, kind of things they remember, because our demographic, we get kids from, you know, 21 to adults, you know, in their 70s. Um, but I mm-hmm. just, I knew that I could, I could do things that would kind of touch on all, on all fronts, and just, just, just create a good environment, family environment, right, family friendly, your da- your daughter's been there plenty of times, um, you mm-hmm. know, p- pets, dogs, you know, people love their pets, you know, bring pets, bring your kids, um, and, you know, we'll, everybody will feel comfortable. So I think that was the big thing is just kind of stand out. Um, and then just social media. Social media has been huge for us. You know, you know, obviously there's platforms now like Instagram and Facebook, and, um, you know, I got to start using maybe TikTok a little bit more. But I think all these things now, there's a lot of ways to get exposure out there. Um, and, and really, you do have to stay relevant. So you got to continuously be nimble. You got to be able to, you know, adjust, pivot really quickly with, with whatever the industry is doing. You know, this new beer style seltzers, right, are huge now. So it's like we got to maybe make a seltzer. You know, hazy IPAs are always number one, still are. But it's like a lot of breweries, they, they were so stuck in the old ways that even Amy, I had to really tug on her because she's like, I don't want to do hazy IPAs. It's like, girl, this is like the new big thing. We have to. And she, mm-hmm. you know, she, I'm like, look, you're an amazing brewer. Like you can, you can really make this, do it your way, your style, the way you want to do Aero Lodge Hazies. Um, but she was able to, you know, she was able to find her niche with that. But, you know, that's like, you got to quickly pivot because when the industry is calling for something, a lot of breweries wait, you know, until it's too late, you know, now, you know, people are like, well, you, you know, I already have the top 10 breweries I like to go for, for these styles. You know, you were making them at that time. Now, you know, I go, you know, you kind of get left out in the cold. So I think that's it. Just, you know, staying really active on that, really keeping your, you know, ear to the, you know, to the, to what people want, you know, cause that's really what we're here for is to make a product for them. Right. And I mean, I think it's very telling of a brand where you, you know, you're selling beer, but you know, you have your merch all over the place. Yeah. Um, you know, I pr- personally speaking, you know, I can, I probably have an outfit for like a whole month that has Aerolodge on it from yeah. beanies to tank tops, to t-shirts and sweaters, to sweatsuits. Um, you know, so I think that really says something that even if I'm like not this crazy craft beer connoisseur, you know, I maybe have craft beer, or even beer in general, once a month. Um, I'm still willing to go purchase 
something yeah. to support the brand. And I think that that's really where you all stood out. And then that family vibe, right? You walk in, people remember you. They know what you like. They know your name. There have been several times where I've gone there and, you know, the staff and I are ordering food for dinner yeah. together. Um, like you said, I speaking of my daughter, it was like, you know, she's telling, she wants, she's asking to go to the brewery in front of other people. And it just, yeah. you know, like, yeah. she's not asking to go to Chuck E. Cheese. She's yeah. not asking to go to the park. She wants to go to Aero Lodge. And, you know, she's getting in trouble for wearing an Aero Lodge brewery sweater at, at school. Yeah. And, you know, that I think that you all have done a tremendous job with that. And knowing that has it, you know, obviously you serve alcohol, you're in politics, so you probably get have an understanding of like any emergencies or things that happen in your city. Has there ever um, been like challenges or conflict with being involved <clears throat> in a business that sells alcohol and being in on city council? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm going to be more careful because, you know, obviously I don't want, you know, to be known as a weak, you know, any negative, you know, you know, people drunk there all the time or there's fighting and there's things going on there all the time. You know, luckily we've been, you know, we've never, we've been fortunate not to have to really go through that stuff. But yeah, I think I have to be a little more conscious because I don't want that kind of a rap, you know, or that kind of a, you know, buzz around town that, you know, I think for one elected officials, like it's important to make it really clear to people that, we have to be on our best behavior more so than, you know, the, you know, than just the average business owner or the average resident in town. You know, we have, you know, we have to follow the rules like to the T. Um, so mm -hmm. we're, we're normally like, maybe you could bend the rules a little bit or break them. For me, there's always going to be like a spotlight on it because there's always going to be someone wanting to call me out on, you know, why are you doing this? Why are you taking advantage of that? Um, the biggest thing for my businesses that I've learned is, We've done a lot of grant programs, a lot of city programs for businesses. Businesses have been able to get money, um, different things, uh, you know, maybe get your fees waived, business licenses waived through COVID. We've done a lot of that kind of stuff for businesses. But we can't, I, because I own, the, because I'm part of the business and <clears throat> I'm on the city council, we could, we've been able to take advantage of zero, like nothing. We can't do any of that stuff um, because mm -hmm. there will be someone out there that'll say, why did your business get the money? Why did your business, you know, take advantage of this? So mm -hmm. that those are the things where they kind of hurt a little bit more, um, you know, than than help. You know, I think health department, different different people we deal with that know my position with the city. Yeah, I think they're going to hold me to a higher standard. So we really got to keep, you know, we got to really keep, you know, our eyes dotted and T's crossed from that, you know, from that standpoint. And yeah, just not being able to take advantage of some of the programs. You know, sometimes it's kind of like, man, I really wish we could. But I also, yeah. I also understand, you know, my partners have to understand, too, like, we just can't apply for that because it'll just be a bad be a conflict. Mm -hmm. It'll be a bad look. Yeah. yeah. So, and you know, not until I get off the council, you know, will, I, will we be able to do that? But, you know, it's OK. But we'll you're just... running for another term. Yeah. You already spoiled it. Yeah. One more. <laughs> one more. I, one I was, more. I just wanted to do two terms. So, you know, unless I didn't like it and I really, you know, didn't enjoy it. But I do. Um, and we just got so much going on right now. A lot of good things coming, a lot of good developments coming, you know, you know, we're working on a project for something big and it's like, you know, why, if I, if I, I mean, even though the wheels are, you know, trending in the right direction, um, you know, why, why get off now and not, you know, mm -hmm. see the, I want to see these things through to the very end. Um, so Heck that, yeah, so yeah. do I, you can't mm -hmm. leave us now. We got no. crap to do, mm -hmm. big crap. Yeah. So I, I think uh, when I leave, I want there to be like, I could look back and say, man, like we've. And really, like, Covina's in a unicorn situation. Like, we are the best city in the Xangu Valley right now. I mean, we, 
I think we have the best counsel. Uh, we're very healthy money-wise. Um, you know, we're, we're killing it. You know, we have a lot of development coming. There's a lot of buzz in the development community with Covina. Um, you know, we, we just have a lot of stuff going on. You talked about the theater. Um, you know, we just met with the, one, of the, one of the partners at Laugh Factory. So I think that that's kind of a little sneak peek. We might get Laugh Factory who's going to take that and start doing things with it. Um, you know, there's just a lot, there's a lot of good coming, you know, for our small town. And, uh, I don't want And then you took my idea about coffee clutch. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, yeah I love clutch coffee. Yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah. Yeah. We, just yeah, yeah. I didn't it was just great, great, great wide <laughs> speak alike. That's yes. really what it was. Yes. But I do like clutch. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, we have, yeah, yeah. My partner, Andy is, you know, built, they're going to build that with the bargain boxes. And then on Badillo and, and Citrus, he just built these beautiful luxury apartments that are going to be up in January. It's going to be a nice, uh, nice retail at the bottom. We've got to get the right spot in there. So yeah, we have a, we have a ton of stuff coming like a lot. So I want to be there for all this stuff. I want to make sure it all gets done. Um, so that when we get off the council, it's like, I could always look back and say, man, we, you know, we did a lot. I did a lot in those two terms and, and my, and we're going to benefit from it. Right. My, my family, my kids, um, you know, my business is legacy. Yeah, exactly. Legacy. I think that's. I think that's. We're about that. Both of us. Um, you know. I was thinking. I was. I was going back because this is how my brain operates. When you you were saying, you know, you have to be careful because you're on city council and then you have this business and being the buzz around town. It's like literally, Air Lodge is the buzz around town, but a good buzz. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Good buzz. Yeah. That's funny. Um, I want my. I want royalties when you make that T-shirt. By the right? way. Right. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, so, you know, we're obviously in a chapter where it's like overtly divisive political climate. There's COVID stuff. There's just a lot happening right now. Why do you think it's important for people to get involved in local government rather than only focusing on national issues? If you could like provide like this is this is like a master class like how does who you elect or vote for locally affect the national issue so i i think with locally i mean i locally it's it's kind of weird because you know sometimes i try not to think too national like when it comes to like you know when you door knocking Covina, you're trying to become a you know you know you're trying to get on the council here you know really democrat republican you know left right doesn't really matter you know really you're you're pro Covina. Now, some of your, you know, some of your foundational thoughts, you know, will at some point, you know, at some point you're going to be, you know, you're going to think, you're going to, you're going to think how you, you know, your whatever party you're associated with, that's going to shine through at some point. But I think, I think the main thing is like on our council right now, we all really take the approach that this is about the city of Covina and this isn't, you know, we're not, we're not trying to get to that level. Um, you, you can make change here. You can do things here. You can get stuff done here. That's why it's, I think it's so important for people to get more involved um, because, you know, being Latino, especially, you know, by people, you know, we like to complain a lot. We're good at that, but we don't, we have to do stuff about it. And if we don't run and we don't vote, you know, I think for the, I think where we can affect the, you know, the higher level stuff is, you know, for the city council, we have direct ties to like our senators and our, you know, and the, and the people and our assemblymen and assembly women of the, of, you know, of California. Um, so we, you know, we have, we have representatives that represent us, you know, Catherine Barger is our LA County representative. So, we, we are we are directly tied to the people that are in charge of the higher level stuff. Um, and I will say, as you get higher level, you know, things start to get a little watered down. 
But at least, you know, when it comes to funding and, you know, we just got like $5 million from Senator Rubio, which was huge. Um, those are the kind of things that we're going to, those relationships that we have with, you know, with Senator Rubio and Assemblywoman Rubio um, and Catherine Barger, because we have great relationships with Covina, um, when California gets grant money, you know, they go and fight for us to get that money. Um, and we, and we have have some really good money coming in for some of the projects that we're working on. So that can, that can affect, you know, what we can do as a city because we're getting some of that funding. Um, cities can't, you know, do everything on just their own, the own money, you know, the money that we get. Um, so, you know, the, the funding we get helps tremendously. Um, we have another grant that's coming through right now. That's going to pretty much pay for like a skate park to get built in Covina. Um, so these are like, it's like a $600,000 skate park, you know, that, so like, it's like these kind of things, making these relationships with these people, um, it's big. But at the same time, you know, when it comes to like COVID and shutdowns and business owners and how businesses are being affected and residents, um, you know, bringing vaccinations, we bring, we brought vaccinations to, you know, the city, you know, we, that's all in partnership with these people. Um, so it, it does go, it does go hand in hand to a certain extent, certain level. Um, but, you know, there are certain traps, there are certain topics that I feel like, you know, as a, as a local elected official, I feel like our state. Uh, it, 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 for them, it's what, what benefits them. So when it's in their benefit to let us have full control and make decisions, they want us to do it. When it's not in their benefit and they want the control and they want the decisions, they're going to come in and say, well, <clears throat> you know, what the state says is what trumps you guys. You know, what the county is saying is what's going to trump your city. So that's one of the beefs I have with, like, the higher-up politics um, because, you know, we truly know what's best for our community. They don't. You know, they don't know our residents. They're not here. Um, so we're going to do what's best for Covina. Um, you know, so it's like when they come in and say, well, you guys have to do this. Well, you know, you don't really know our community. and You don't know what our community is, you know, what they want to do because they're telling us the opposite. Um, so, I, but, I, but I will say that one of the greatest things I've learned with this position and why I think everyone should do it is that has the right intentions is you really can make changes. You really can. You can form the way your city grows. You can form you know, the housing, the way housing is going to come in, you know, the, the, you know, the different, you know, ethnicities that are going to move into your town. I mean, you have, you can have like a direct control over that stuff. So, you know, when you see your city start to really form in a good way and the good things happening, um, we just had our Christmas parade with so many people out on the streets. You know, we had our tree lighting ceremony and we have, you know, all, you know, different races outside, you know, it's great. It's a great thing to see. We're such a diverse community. Um, that's the kind of stuff that this is, that's the reason why you should be doing this position. You know, really there's mm -hmm. no other reason besides that. Cause you know, it's not for the money. It's really just because you you're raising your family here in this community or you live in this community and you get to go to bed at night knowing we're trying to make it better to live here. Yeah. I mean, I think, I feel like the main point that you're trying to make is your, your city, your local city council can't fight for what you want if you're not telling them what you want. Correct. Yeah, you we, know, yeah, and, and yeah. that it's possible to create a community that you love yes. by, by communicating these things yeah. and getting involved. And so yeah. you don't, you probably have like less fear of what's going on statewide and nationally when you know, at least in the pocket that you're at yeah. is safe and, you know, it's safe and thriving and it's a place that shares the same values as you do as a family. Yeah. I always tell people, you can go to a council meeting and, you know, you get five minutes to talk. You can talk about anything. You can say, you know, you can talk about it could be something wrong with the streets, you know, something wrong with, you know, your neighborhood, you know, problem you're experiencing. I mean, we, you come to the council meeting, we hear you out and then we get staff working on, you know, a solution and we work with you um, on that kind of stuff. But like you said, if you don't come into the meeting, if you don't come and tell us, 
you know, we, we don't know everything that's happening on every single area of the city. I mean, I wish I did, but I don't. So it, you know, we, we, sometimes we have to be, we're going to be more reactive than proactive, but you know, I always tell people that will say, you know, complain to me about something. I said, have you come to a meeting? Have you told anybody to, you told me now? No. Well, I mean, we didn't know, like, I can't help you if you don't tell me. Um, but I, I think people right. coming to the meetings is important and, you know, just kind of coming in and talking about it and, and just seeing what's going on in the city. You know, we have website and we have a lot, we're always putting the information out. Um, but if, you know, I think a lot of people, most people just, you know, and it, it was me, I'm guilty of it. You know, before I got on the city council, before I opened up a business in town, I really didn't pay attention too much to what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes your water bill goes up or your trash bill goes up and it's like, why is this happening? Well, you know, you know, they don't realize we're dealing with, you know, Athens and the whole new recycling program. And, you know, so there's a lot going on that if you just, you know, you can stream the council meeting on, you know, on, on your, you know, on, on, at home and you can, you know, you can email questions, you can email your questions or your concerns. Um, so I think a community that gets really involved, which Covina really does all in all is pretty involved. Um, but the more yeah. you get involved, the more you come and, you know, talk to, you know, us, you know, any type of local, you know, government, you know, school board, city council, you know, you can make things happen or at least be heard. Sure. I love that. And, and Vic, where can our listeners find you, your brands and and connect with you online? Yeah, I think uh, like Arrow Lodge Brew is like our Instagram. That's kind of where we have, you know, you can see what we're doing. You can see kind of what we're up to, um, you know, the growth of Arrow Lodge, what our next moves are. Um, You know, we have a new location. Uh, We're signing a lease on in LA pretty soon here. So we, you know, we have that coming up. That's exciting. Um, you know, we have a new pizza place coming into our location at, in Covina. So I think social media for now, you know, Arrow Lodge Brew on Instagram is a really good place to just kind of see what, what we're doing, what we're releasing, the kind of beers coming up through the pipeline, um, you know, all that good stuff, what kind of merch we're dropping and, you know, all that good stuff. Cool. Well, thanks for being here with me. Thanks for having me. Definitely a good time as always. Yeah, and um, listeners, thank you for tuning in, and we will see you on the next episode. Awesome. Thank you. Cheers, guys.